0: Attention all podcasts of the Solar Federation. We have assumed control. We have assumed control. We have assumed control. The Intergalactic Boombox. If you
1: see a faded sign at the side of the road that says 15 miles to the Love Shack. Love Shack, yeah. The Love Shack is a little old place where we can get together. Your what? Tin roof Rested. Thank you, Dr. Evil, ladies and gentlemen. I am Kyle Aber, voice actor from anime and video games. I'm a middle aged geek talking about geeky things while being visited by other voices in my head, attempting to convince you that I'm on board the Intergalactic Boombox, a theater of the mind podcasting spaceship. There are no sponsors, but if we had them, they would be things like Tricky Nicky's House of Dandruff. The Association of People Who Love Giving You the Side-Eye, and Fisto's Cracked Knuckle Insurance. (coughs) The question of the week, The Batman, is currently on HBO Max and available for purchase digitally, with the physical disc versions dropping in just a few weeks. But I ask you, faithful listener, which version are you going with? And I snagged the Apple iTunes digital version for the exclusive Matt Reeves director's commentary track. I haven't heard it yet, but I did snag it because I wanted to get it as early as possible. The Digital Dissection podcast says, "I went with what was on HBO." Bruno Bucciarati's haircut says, "I saw it on HBO Max, waited till it got on there to see it. Totally worth it. I thought it was amazing, and I didn't mind the nearly 3-hour runtime." Marcus says, probably going to do regular blue. I've gotten too snobby for DVD, unless that's the only option on a movie, but not willing to spend the extra cash on the more pricey ones. And I almost never buy digital. Phoenix Fox says, last steel book I got was for the Dark Knight. Spindash makes an interesting point here. Said wouldn't you get the commentary on iTunes when redeeming a digital copy plus linking movies everywhere to Apple? Ooh, that's a good point. But again, I didn't want to wait. I don't know. I guess you guys can try that when the physical disc comes out. Let me know. At Boombox Pod, if your digital copy suddenly unlocks that Apple exclusive uh, commentary track, Silas Nightlock says, "Hopefully Blu-ray." I love having physical copies. Gregory Guyon says, "I'm a sucker for steelbooks. I was for years, but nowadays I don't know if I'm just old or lazy or both. <laughs> it's just so much easier to just push a button on your remote." And fire up the movie instead of having,
0: I gotta get up and go over to the, the cabinet and open the door and see, where did I put it? Oh, there it is. Oh, let me take the shrink wrap off. Oh, yeah. Okay, let me put the disc in and uh, what year is it again? No
1: question. Sony is supposedly going to bring in-game ads to free-to-play games. Ah! So that developers can have another revenue stream. Now, is this going to affect you playing free-to-play titles? Do you even play Free to play titles. Are in game ads going to make you rage quit? Or do you not care as long as they're free to play? The only free to play game I currently am on a regular basis with is uh, Warzone. And my opinion is entirely based on how intrusive that ad is. Like, are they thinking interrupt the game to show a 15 second car ad, like when you're trying to watch YouTube or a Twitch stream? Or, I mean, if it's something like that, I'd most likely peace out. But it looks like uh, we're going to be seeing them by the end of the year in a product placement fashion. You know, so like your character runs across the screen and there's a billboard in the background or in-game rewards for watching like you already get on so many mobile games. Xbox is also in the rumor mill to be rolling out ads on free-to-play games. figure it was only a matter of time before the free-with-ads model would come to gaming. What do you think? Let me know so I can read your tweets next week. Hit me up at Boombox BoomboxPod. If you're questioning what reality we live in, you need only glance at the headlines any given day. Elon Musk bought himself Twitter. He tweeted on April 25th, I hope that even my worst critics remain on Twitter, because that is what free speech means. 44 billion, that's a chump change to the richest man in the world, so why not fix world hunger or pooping in Amber Heard's bed? Speaking of poop... Let's see who's on the other line here. Wildcard line, you are on the air.
2: I want to speak to your
1: manager. Karen, Karen Complainer.
2: Complainer. Oh, sorry. You should be able to appreciate a last name that nobody can pronounce, Carl Herbert.
1: Kyle A. Bear.
2: Whatever. Uh huh. Now that. Elon is putting his musk all over Twitter. I am hemorrhaging rage goo. Ew. Because I won't be able to get banned on there for cyberbullying or promoting misinformation. Well,
1: he's a big advocate for free speech, so we'll have to see how free Elon's version of free speech actually is.
2: Looky here. It is my birthright to hate on stupid people like you on social media, and I should get to violate all sorts of community policies. The internet exists to please
1: me. You're such a drama llama. You're
2: Drama llama? Aye. Teenagers are drama llamas. Okay, am I anything like a teenager?
1: No comment. Mm-hmm. Wait, so you actually wanna be cancelled? Um
2: faster than a show on Netflix. <laughs> I would wear that as a badge of honor. What? Bragging rights. Baldenstein. And
1: where exactly would you end up celebrating getting banned like that?
2: by posting on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok until they
1: ban me there too. Well, granted I can't ban you from social media, Karen, Mm. but I definitely can end this call. Oh, don't
2: you do it, Mr. Man. Uh, You'll make me very angry, (laughs) you wouldn't like it when I'm angry.
1: I don't like you regardless of emotion. Mm -hmm. Hey, question, what does a coat hanger do? It
2: hangs up. Bye! Oh, don't you dare...
1: The Northman is now in theaters, showing the world where Lion King slash Hamlet originally came from. No poetic play or animals bursting into song, but lots of Viking blood spilled throughout across Nordic landscapes. Beautiful cinematography, costumes and ritual details so accurate, historians will be cheering for that alone. Major sword fight in the film features two main characters fighting nude at night against a volcanic, fiery backdrop. Can you imagine Anakin and Obi-Wan facing off this way? I have the high ground. Yeah, don't pee on me, dude. For this stylistic, though agreeably weird, approach, the actors were wearing thongs while filming, and their genitals were CG'd onto them. Can you imagine the animators getting asked questions like, so what do you do? Oh, I do CG. Really? For what, like Star Wars or Marvel? No, man bits. <laughs> Moon Knight has a couple really cool and different looks, including the suave debonair Mr. Knight, a callback to a much-acclaimed run of the comic by Warren Ellis and Declan Shalvey. Mr. Knight is pretty much Moon Knight in a white suit, pretty hard to maintain even in regular circumstances, much less shooting on a set with all sorts of elements like, oh, say, mud. Megan Kasperlick and her costume designer's team whipped up 47 separate Mr. Knight suits for the show. No schlepping down to Bob's Renatox at the mall. They were all stitched in house with custom buttons that look like Konshu's symbol. Now, details like this probably would be missed upon a casual viewing, but we live in a world where there's always some keen eyed viewer who painstakingly scrubs through every frame of every episode or trailer so the public at large doesn't have to. Or you'd be like me and just find random cool articles on sites like comicbook.com that provide the info straight up. Mr. Knight's a totally faboo look for the Stephen Grant personality. I just wish someone would hand him a cane and a top hat. You know, reenact that classic moment from young Frankenstein. Why don't you go where fashion sits? But popularity of audiobooks and podcasts have subsequently resurrected, or at least bring out of obscurity, a type of entertainment from a bygone era, the radio drama. Of course, traditional radio isn't really a staple anymore, with all the endless streaming options where your music library is on demand with a click of a few buttons, but audio drama is starting to pick up some momentum. Of course, the ones getting coverage tend to have the ones with celebs in the cast. And like with cartoons, I have the same stance. Guys, would you mind just staying in your part of the playground? Let someone else have a chance? But there are always exceptions. When you get actors who shine regardless of the medium, and one that has exceeded my expectations is the audible adaptation of Neil Gaiman's The Sandman. It's a classic epic dark fantasy comic series from the 90s. In fact, my favorite comic book series of all time. Acts 1 and 2 are currently available with Act 3 coming later this year. Now, it's definitely audiobook length. Act 1 is 11 hours. Act 2 is almost 14 hours. And that doesn't even cover the entire run of the comics. But you do get full-on dramatization with an original score, sound effects, and a full cast, led by James McAvoy as Morpheus. No, not the badass McGee from The Matrix. We're talking about Morpheus the Sandman, the embodiment of dream, and part of a family called The Endless. His siblings are also personifications of the human condition, such as destiny, despair, desire, delirium, destruction, and death. The story jumps all throughout history, some events well-known, some pretty darn obscure, and all of it is really compelling. This is the furthest thing from any superhero tale. Though there are referential nods to Arkham Asylum or more obscure DC characters, the Sandman, it's epic, it's funny, it's tragic, it's poetic. You know, typical Neil Gaiman. Or in my opinion, the best Neil Gaiman. The dude even narrates the whole thing. He sounds so much like Alan Rickman, I had to do a double take. Interesting tidbits, the pandemic lockdown hit the very day James McAvoy was set to record in the studio. So the production ended up mailing him a remote recording rig, and he was directed over Zoom, like uh, with many other voiceover peeps. When uh, the pandemic uh, lockdown hit, we were all stuck at home. The director and engineers would walk us through the paces, like, "How do you set this up? What are we doing?" And some of us had to pay money. I'm sure Jack- James McAvoy didn't, but uh, <laughs> the voice actors definitely had to upgrade their home recording setups. So the director of the Sandman audio drama, Dirk Mags, taught James McAvoy how to basically engineer and record his own sessions, but. He would direct him over Zoom, and the mix team has that daunting task of making all these separate voice files from around the world sound like everyone was recording on mic in the same room. That, of course, is a lot of extra work for studio engineers, but great for voice talent who get to just stroll into their home recording setup in their underwear, press record, and log into a recording app like Source Connect Session Link Pro. Of course, there's more pressure than that, but you get the gist, yeah? It's not old-school 1940s radio plays with, you know, holding your hand to your ear and holding the script in your hand. This is like immersive cinematic sound design. Now, some of the cast were able to do their parts or some smaller roles recording together in London. And Dirk Maggs has been doing these radio dramas with super high production value for years, including one for Superman and Neil Gaiman's Neverwhere, which also stars James McAvoy. Hop on some headphones and check out the audio quality on this stuff. You'll see what I mean. It's not like a read-along where you follow with the comic book. Any adaptation has to reframe dialogue or descriptions to fit the medium. And I've heard expertly produced audio dramas that has no narration. And it 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 really feels like you're just listening to the audio track of a movie or a TV show. And it can get confusing knowing what's going on. But, you know, if it's scripted right and acted right, you are there. It's really compelling. So it definitely helps to have a narrator, especially the author of the original work, narrating, keeping things grounded, almost like a table read. This audio drama version of The Sandman, it does a great job of taking the listener on that journey without them having to be exposed to the comic. So don't worry. If you've, I've never heard of The Sandman, never read an issue. I'm not going to listen to this. No, no, no. Come on. Do yourself a favor. Check it out. It's fantastic. You don't need to have read the comic ahead of time, but if you want to and you're intrigued, I'm not going to discourage you, man. You can get all the issues individually or trade paperback, deluxe hardback, and of course, digital. That's probably the cheapest. For a nice primer, check the link
0: in the show notes
1: about the Sandman comic book series itself.
0: Conspiracy here, coming to you live from my top secret underground bunker in Pahrump, Nevada. If you turn left on Third Eye Lane, you've definitely not found it. Stay paranoid, people. It's time for all the news you can't use. Page one. I need new paper to crinkle. Sounds like a forest fire. Hey, Herbert, hand me your latest voiceover paycheck.
1: No, man, I need to deposit that. Ah, yes,
0: here we go. But hey. Yeah, theater of the mind. Oh, don't give me that boo-boo lip, Kirk. Like you would actually deposit a residual check for three cents. (laughs) No, I'd frame it. I'll frame you. So, Elon Musk bought Twitter. Hey, slow the roll, Ken. We already covered that. It's all news. Ah, but did you mention Dogecoin's value has been a roller coaster, Mostly comprised of dips? (laughs) You're not one of those believers, are you? Thought buying a bunch of Dogecoin on that day would make you rich, huh? (laughs) The good news is I only lost eight bucks. You lost your integrity, bud. Oh, wait, never mind. It's you. Page two. First, companies decided to bottle something that's free in nature and sell it to you. Granted, it's treated and packaged in a material that doesn't decompose. There's a whole new industry of stainless steel water bottles that can keep your precious agua cold for a whole day. But hey, why stop there? Hydrate Spark has a smart water bottle. Yes, for 80 bucks, you get a 32-ounce bottle in silver or black that comes with an LED display around the bottom that has customizable colors to remind you to hydrate. On top of that, you get the satisfaction of knowing you have the intelligence of someone who likes collecting pet rocks. God knows there are cheaper options out there. Download an app to your phone that'll remind you to take a swig of H2O now and then. Or, I don't know, just remember to drink water, you lazy dingbat. Page three. Want to make a living streaming content on Twitch? Uh, (laughs) Well, you'd probably make more panhandling as an out-of-shape superhero on Hollywood Boulevard. My advice... Don't do that either. My cousin Brucie made all of 37 cents as dad bod space ghost last year. Now, meanwhile, Twitch want to sop up some more money from their users, with more ads running and subscriptions taking a long dive off a short pier straight into the septic tank. Sure, top streamers could just continue to mass exodus over to YouTube, where profit sharing is only mostly insulting. Cousin Brucey's dad bod space ghost channel is ready to become the next viral sensation. If he could just figure out how to make his webcam work. Hint. You gotta plug it in. And I'm spent. That's all the news you can't use. From my dump in Pahrump. I gotta go take a WikiLeak.
1: Aw, look at the time. The Intergalactic Boombox was scotch-taped live to an unpaid seat filler of a random studio audience. Select listeners of this podcast will somehow receive complimentary tickets to the World Championship Cross-Country Thumb Wrestling Marathon. And... Ah, almost made it. It's Drew Grime from the Drew Grime True Crime Podcast. I'm Drew Grime. Yes. I'm trying to wrap up the show, man. What do you need? I wanted to tease your listeners with my next exciting tale. Ah, okay, sure. Go ahead. Maggie Mulebucket from Rancid Rhubarb, Missouri Hmm. was an upcoming Instagram influencer. All right. Taking selfies in front of random convenience store candy aisles until one day, her favorite filter zapped her right out of existence. Okay. uh, What's her favorite filter? The one with the googly eyes. Oh man, I love googly eyes. Me too. Did Maggie become trapped in an alternate dimension inside her phone? Maybe. Will she see an uptick in followers? Doubt it. And what about this one selfie with a candy bar that hasn't been in production since 1974? Yeah, I can't find Reese's fast break anymore.
0: All these unsolved mysteries and more. Coming up on the Drew Grime True Crime Podcast, immediately following the intergalactic boombox.
1: Drew, that is literally impossible. To quote Parappa the Rapper, you just gotta believe. (coughs) Remember, kids, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. But you sure can feel superior by letting the air out of their tires. Till next time, I am out of here!